Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. We are here on Tea Time with Miss Liz. That's right, it's morning time. Today is Thursday, so be ready. We have three shows this afternoon and this evening as well. But this morning, we have an incredible guest here all the way from the United States. That's right, this morning, we're going into the United States. This afternoon, the UK, and then back into the United States tonight. That's right, we're popping around, we're traveling. So grab your seatbelts, buckle up, we're going on a trip, and we're having a tea adventure. So before we get started, we're going to do all the good stuff. We're going to do the disclaimer. We're going to do a little intro of the incredible guest who's sitting in the back studio. And we're going to just have a good old fun playtime this morning. So make sure to grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab the beverage of your choice. You don't need to drink tea to have tea time with Miss Liz. So the disclaimer for Miss Liz is tea time live show. Miss Liz myself is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any tea time hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forward dialogue and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All tea time guests and audience participant, participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussion for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion forums only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, through my email at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in today's show in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you decide that this show is not made for you at this time, I respect that and I will see you at a later show at a later time. So now we have the disclaimer out of the way. Let's get a little bit of who we have sitting in the back. So we have a filmmaker, we have an educator, we have a lady who really is making a difference with stop motion films. So I want to know a little bit more about it. 
I, I've found a, a lot of information on it, so I'm going to really enjoy this morning's tea with Laura. So Laura talks about the wisdom of fairy tales and storytelling. Laura fo focuses, focuses on animating fairy tales and mystic stories that explore personal and collective transformations. She is inspired by the work of Joseph Campbell, Carl Jung, and Michael Med. Laura's films are made in her basement in Chicago. That's right, in the basement. See, dreams are everywhere. Her screening events are filled with heart and question for the soul. So I'm going to bring in Laura Lewis Barr. That's right, award-winning stop-motion filmmaker and educator. And I'm going to get her to spill some tea with you this morning. Good morning. So welcome, Thank Laura. Thank you. So great to be with you. It is an honor to have you. I am so in, so excited for this morning because I really want to know so much about filmmaking and all the different ways of filmmaking because I've never heard of stop motion films. So could you tell the audience a little bit about what that is? Sure. Stop motion, you know, in the old days, if you ever saw a show called Gumby and Pokey, that was stop motion. And stop motion is when you take a photo and another photo and another photo and you put them together to make motion. So you're making motions out of just simple images. And um, so you can animate objects and I animate dolls. So what got you into the fairy tales, Laura? Yeah, so I have been studying fairy tales for a long time. And part of that is because I love the work of Carl Jung and people who are associated with his work. And, and those people, the Jungian uh, scholars and therapists, they, um, they recognize that these old tales have a lot of wisdom in them. And they're sort of like dreams because a lot of times these fairy tales are so kind of crazy, um, but just like our dreams, they bring forward this wisdom that's really deep. Well, and, and, and we need dreams. We need wisdom, right? Because oh, yes. we, we forget to play, you know, as adults, you know, I love watching fairy tales. I love watching, you know, animated movies. I, I watched Ferngully the other night and Land of the Lost. Like, that's just who I am. I love watching all of those uh, fairy tales and the good storyline. But I noticed with your work, Laura, you do a lot with Barbies. Uh huh. So is there something special about the Barbie for you? No, I, I think for me, I'm just not that kind of artist to make my own figures. And I found that these 11 inch dolls, um, there's a zillion of them out there. Some of them are Barbies or other. I use GI Joes, I use any 11 inch doll. Um, and there's also an unlimited supply of accessories and, you know, there's cars, there's bathtubs, there's everything I need I can get it used. So I don't have to build all of that. So for the viewers that are watching, the Barbie doll is also used in your, in your films as inspiration as well to educate through your stories, correct? Well, my stories I see, oh, I'm hoping that 
on one level, they're just fun. You know, they just bring laughter to the world and play. And on the other hand, if you were to sit with them, um, like the dream you wake up with in the morning, like that kind of dream, if you were to sit with them, you might discover, oh, this might symbolize this and it means a, a wisdom for my life. I like, I like that. And I like the word wisdom. I think this morning we're really going to do some wisdom talking. We're going to open up the minds of the viewers and listeners out there. And for anyone who's catching a replay, please push hashtag replay. Let Miss Liz know where you're tuning in from because I always like to hear that. Laura, I want to get into you. You, I've, I've been doing a lot of homework on you. So what got you into filmmaking? I've always been involved in the theater and even as a child, I was doing plays. That was always my deal. And I was lucky enough a while ago, I think it was 2010, um, one of my scripts, one of my play scripts was picked up for an indie movie. And once that happened, I was hooked on filmmaking filmmaking is lasts forever and a play ends at closing night. And when the pandemic hit, I was already had started, but when the pandemic hit, I had my studio in my basement. I could just work every day during shutdown. And that's when things really accelerated for me. I had been doing it a year or two before, but um, and my day job kind of ended. So I had all this time. So yeah. That's that was the trajectory for me. Well, and you mentioned the basement. So I I'm big on opening the minds of the viewers and listeners out there. What got you inspired to use your basement as a studio? Well, my husband built me a metal stage, which takes up a pretty good chunk of space. So just on a practical level, we needed a place to just leave it up. And it's very kind of trippy to go down the stairs to do my laundry. And there are these dolls in position ready for the next set of shooting. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, so yeah, it was more just a practical matter to put all that stuff and have that space um, that's set aside for this craft. So for the viewers out there, we have some questions that are coming in from Twitter. If you guys would like your name to be seen on the live stream, please give StreamYard the permission so that I can put your posts up and your questions up. Without that permission, I cannot share your name due to guidelines. So please, if you'd like to have your name seen, please uh, give StreamYard the permission to see you. But we have a question here from somebody on Twitter. It just says Twitter user. Uh, they want to know Joseph Campbell, Carl John, and Michael Med. Who are those three people to you? Fantastic. So Joseph Campbell was somebody who wrote about mythology and how all the myths are telling one beautiful story, the hero's journey, and how we're all living that journey every day. We're all living a hero's journey. And he was inspired by the psychologist Carl Jung, who, oh my gosh, Jung did so much deep work around um understanding that we can evolve into a sort of our best selves by recognizing un the unconscious and archetypes. And Michael Mead is a storyteller that uses 
old stories and old myths to look at today, the world today, and understand what's happening. So they're all um, interested in the mythic story, the fairy tale story that uh, stands for a lot of um, inner wisdom. I am using that word a lot. <laughs> but there's a reason for it because I believe that we use words repeatedly and repetition in order to get the message across yeah. and what's really truly within ourselves. So I feel like this is a good time to ask you, what is your tea this morning, Laura? Oh. And what are you serving to the world? Um, well, what came to my mind is trust emotions always. And in my day job, I was teaching, and I still sometimes teach emotional intelligence. And it it does dovetail with storytelling. But uh, yeah, trust trust emotions always. And, and I feel that that's a strong T. And see, like I told you, don't overthink it and you got it. Like, <laughs> and this is what we, uh, you know, we have to start serving ourselves. We have to start being proud of who we are and feeling within. And that wisdom of knowing that we are different and it's okay to be different mm. because you're so different. You do so <laughs> much different work. So I also found some awards that you received. Could you mention a couple of awards that you have gotten for some of your films? It's wonderful in the world right now because there are all these film festivals that focus on short films all over the world. People gather to watch independent short films that are truly unique. And I have been fortunate to get into a lot of these festivals for my work. And, and so I get a laurel, an official selection when I'm chosen. It's pretty competitive. So anytime I get a win, I'm super excited. And then sometimes I get something beyond that, but just getting invited to these festivals. So I'm invited to a festival in April in North Carolina, coming up for one of my short films. And <clears throat> I hope to travel to there, but uh, one way or another, my film will be screened. Oh, well, that's awesome. And congratulations on that. Like, Thank you. So could you tell us a little bit about the film festivals? How does that work? Are each individual film festival a little different? Uh, is there different guidelines uh, for anybody who would like to get, if they're doing any work into the film festival, how do they go about that? Well, there's an organization or a website called Film Freeway, and they'll hook you up with, you know, thousands and thousands of festivals, depending on what location you're focused on. Um, festivals can be focused on comedy or horror or, um, I don't know, drama. Some are really focused on short films and, and that's pretty common now. So, and if you're just not making films, but want to watch films, just keep an eye out because I think every Every town, almost every mid-sized town, has a festival these days. Well, I found a couple of the film awards that you have received, and I'm just going to share them a little bit with the viewers and listeners out there. Um, I'm just blown away because I have pages and pages of awards that you have received, <laughs> and as you've seen on the video that I shared about Laura, you can see all the different awards that she has received. So, Laura, amazing work! Keep up the good work because. Thank you. This is what we need. We need different. We need uh, uniqueness. We need diff We need, really need to open the doors and the minds. And films 
short films I find are easy to listen to and watch because they're so short, right? They're not this long one hour, you know, it's like podcasts, you know, Miss Liz's podcast is one hour, but sometimes we just need that five minutes or that 10 minute to get the message across, you know? So I just want to share a little bit of the film festival awards that I found online for, for you. Uh, Inspired Theater and Film Award winners, finalists, and official selection. Uh, Revelation Film Festival Reflections. Emerging Artist FF Phone Gal. Um, Meduse Film Festival Phone Gal. So I'm guessing these are the names of your films, yes. correct? The Phone Gal. Um, Coswood International Film Festival. So are these like located in different parts of the world as well? Uh, right. Laura? I think Coswold is the UK. Yeah, they're all over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have to get get connected with you after the show so I can find out where exactly these film festivals are because I, I always love getting more information and I can update the films, uh, the viewers and that through updates through Laura as well. So you can check out all these incredible things. But just a couple more. We have Twin Fall Sandwich, Sandwiches Festival, The Gardener. Uh, Roy, Royal, Roy and WD Hot Films in the Making, Stockbroker and the Goddess, uh, Eugene International Film Festival, uh, Colosso Honey, am I saying that Cloistered, right? Cloistered Honey. Cloister, Cloister. Well, that's a cute word in the morning, isn't it? You get your coyster bun. <laughs> so if you want to share a little bit about these a couple of these films that I've mentioned uh, to the viewers and listeners. Coistered Honey was my very, very, very first film a long time ago. It was a feature film, a live action film. Uh, that was the film that started the journey. And a lot of the other films that you read are these newer stop motion uh, the Stockbroker and the Goddess, The Gardener, those are early films of mine. And uh, yeah, if you if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see my early films are, there's a naive quality that I enjoy, but it also sort of illustrates my learning curve because I'm teaching myself stop motion. I went to school, I, I went to graduate school for theater. I'm I'm a writer, director, but in terms of making stop motion, I'm teaching myself. So so people will see mistakes in the films and hopefully I think they're getting longer and more sophisticated as I go. So how do longer you feel? is sorry, longer <laughs> than six minutes. Just to clarify. <laughs> and Laura, how do you feel about mistakes and, and edits as an individual? Oh, it's such a good question. Um, it's an ongoing spiritual practice to embrace my imperfections. You know, I, I care so much about these works of art that there's a part of me that wants them to be perfect. But I think imperfection for me is kind of baked in because I'm, I'm doing these myself on really a zero budget. So, you know, there's a really wonderful, and that's again, when you look back at these early films that were made, you know, even in the thirties where people were first starting out with film and didn't have a lot of resources, there is a wonderful quality when we start with very little and do what we can with it. And um, so I love that quality, but it means if you go out and see 
the film Pinocchio, which is made for millions and millions and millions with a staff of hundreds. And you see my film, which was made for $5 and it's me, you know, there's, I, you know, it's not, mine isn't slick. Mine, you can see the seams, you know, but I do think there's a place for homemade in our world that we need to have that place and that, um, yeah, I'm fighting to keep that alive. And you mentioned something really important and, you know, like big, like Pinocchio has all of this teammates and directors and producers and here you are in the basement on a low budget. And I'm big on showing the world that you can do incredible things with no money, with low to next to no budget, when you really truly believe in yourself. And you have proven, like you have pages and pages of awards here that you have received on a low budget. And we really need to start teaching our children that we don't need to have a big account to have dreams. So I really want to thank you for sharing that this morning, Laura, because we really need to get that message across. We need to stop feeding our children that they can only be big, big dreamers if they have a seven figure bank account. You know, you might have a one figure bank account. You might have one dollar. That one dollar might turn into a million dollars, but you have to have that one dollar to begin with. And that one belief in yourself. Right. So I and that's what I really got from checking you out and doing the research on you, Laura, is that you really just did what you felt would make a difference. And you like to see the, the seams and the streams, because I think we need to show the imperfection. We have to show the world that failure and trying is deeply important. So I really want to thank you for that. And bacon, like I think Barbie, you know, Barbie did a bacon with Ken, like there, there was a film out there. I'm not sure if it was one of yours, but they did do like a like a talk show and a cooking show and all that. And when you play with Barbies, right? They, you have your bacon oven and you get in there and you, you know. So for the children that are watching and that will watch the replay with their families tonight and, and later on, on tea time, what message do you have for the kids? Yeah, I think you. There's magic in your imagination and in your play, and that. We love it and need it in the world and keep playing and imagining and building the world that you want to build. And I think that's deeply important. And you're really giving some strong wisdom this morning, you know, <laughs> your $5 budget, but look at all the, all of the accomplishments that you've made with that $5, but it's the time and effort that you put into mm. it and the belief in within yourself. Mm. So the one word that you gave me when I asked you what word describes you as an individual, you gave me the word passionate. So why did you give me that word, Laura? Yeah, I, I do feel a lot of joy. And I think I kind of, that is who I am. And that, that pat, so joy and passion, this desire to serve, this desire to contribute and my way of contributing is through story and I think it's taken me a long time to not get too distracted by a zillion other ways to serve that this is my way to serve and um, focus on I, I think stop motion is kind of a wonderful a vehicle for me because 
it does take a lot of time. It does take a lot of focus. And I have a lot of energy <laughs> that needs a focus. You know, there is a kid in me that kind of drives me. So this is a wonderful channel for all that passionate energy, all that excited uh, energy that, that somehow I have. Well, and I love that you said desire to serve because that's what you did this morning and you are doing this morning is you're serving and you're spilling a good, strong tea of trust, emotion, always like you have to trust yourself, right? Mm. You have to have the emotions within you mm. to always show up. So how long does it actually take you to make one film? No. Oh. So my films range between, they might be three minutes, uh, generally at the lowest end and, I'm finishing one that's 16 minutes. So um, I'd say generally a really short film might be a month. And the longer films might take four months, five months, depending on what else is happening in my life. And um, that's kind of rapid, actually, for stop motion. But it is partly because my style is kind of scrappy. And um, yeah. So we have another question coming in here and they're asking a little bit about visiting Valerie. I'm guessing that's one of your films. So I guess they're checking your website out. So they want to know a little bit about visiting Valerie. Visitor, visiting Valerie is one of the films. So if you go to my website, you'll see some of them are labeled fairy tales and some of them are labeled characters and culture. They're not specifically fairy tales, um, but Visiting Valerie is a slightly longer film. It's 13, 14 minutes, I can't remember. And it's a very offbeat story about some people that um, have a strange encounter um, during a lunch. <laughs> then they go to the zoo and... Um, it's it's offbeat and quirky and it came from a real event in my life that I dramatized or or made yeah it's not drama it's comedy but yeah it's quirky it's quirky <laughs> well and I like quirky because quirky is unique it's different and I love doing different and I love hearing different because we really need to put that different out there in the world. You know, if we were all the same, the world would be a really bland cup of tea. It would be really stale, you know, <laughs> so we all have to serve a different flavor and blend sometimes. So we also have another question here that's asking about the clown. I'm guessing again, this is one of your films, correct? Right. The clown is a film, almost all of my films I've written the script for, but the clown was the first time I, directed and produced something written by another person. And to me, it's a, it's a very, it's brief, it's briefer. I uh, can't remember, 10 minutes, let's say. Um, and it's sort of like a Christmas carol, but with a clown. Oh, well, that is different. Well, let's get a little bit into this clown. And I've had clown on tea time. So let's get some clown out there. You want me to tell you more? Yeah, I do. I, yeah, I want to dig yeah. into this clown. So the clown, um, well, we start out with the film with this high-powered um, executive who's kind of tough on her team. 
and she is running this office really hard and she leaves the office and runs into a clown in the park she's pretty tough on the clown too and the clown puts a spell on her and then she becomes a clown and um she can only talk kind of clown gibberish and she learns so like i say it's like the christmas carol um spoiler alert she learns um kind of to be more human by being forced to be the clown and I also think the story for me is about the fear that I have, and I know maybe others have it, of appearing to be a clown. Like, oh, I want to look so smart all the time. I want to be slick or, you know, cool. And that fear of being the clown. So there are different levels to what the story is about. But um, she, she learns her lesson. So for you, what does a clown mean to you, Laura? Um, what does the film mean to me or um, an actual clown? Like what oh, is a clown to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think there's a sacredness to messing with everyday reality. So, you know, I don't circus clowns. I, I don't really want to think about, I'm not a big circus person, but, but I think, Clowns in general are disruptors, they're tricksters. And I think there's a real need for trick, tricksters and disruptors to kind of mess with everyday reality that we get so hooked into how things, and you're always saying this, Miss Liz, how things have to be a certain way. Yep. Um, I think clowns traditionally and, and cultures, all cultures seem to have a trickster character and myths and fairy tales are filled with them because we need them to poke a hole in that puffed up um, ego that we can sometimes have. They poke that balloon. Well, and I always feel that there's a misconception on clowns because when I had Eddie Smith on, he he's a clown He and he's been a clown in a hospital for oh. over 25 years. And he said that a clown is more of a leader because it's the faults and imperfections. And that's something that you mentioned earlier uh, that we assume a clown is being a jokester, but they're actually showing us and making people laugh by falling and getting back up again. They're actually teaching us that it's okay to fail. Yes. It's okay to be imperfect. It, they, they have these different looks in that. And I feel that a lot of information is always being mis communicated or misunderstood because it's not properly given you know or people are not doing the proper research uh and and this is why i have guests like you on laura is because i want people to know that being different and trying things and you know not having that budget sometimes to make that big dream happen that we can make a difference you know and we can get the right information out there and we really can educate people so I want to get into a little bit, a couple more of your films here. Uh, you also have, uh, I see, would you rather a, ca a cautionary or I, or I die, I believe. So there's two films I think you're, you're seeing there. One is called The Gardener, a cautionary comedy. And another one was called Would You Rather I Was Dead? Yes, that's it. <laughs> 
I can't even read my own writing this morning. I need more tea. <laughs> Would you rather I was dead? Um, that's another from the character and culture pile. And um, it's just a slice of life moment with two guys and uh, a kind of a comic misunderstanding. It's a really short film. And uh, yeah, it's done pretty well out there. It's an older film of mine. Yeah. Go ahead, Laura. Oh, you know, I was just going to say, I love, I love comedy and I love, I think one, one way to do comedy is to look at these tiny moments of our lives and really look for, you know, our misunderstandings can be tragic, but they can also be comic. If we, if we can laugh at how we misunderstand each other and we get so upset and that's what happens in this piece and um and i love i love that i love the comic outlook i personally need it so much have you ever been in a situation laura where you're so frustrated and so angry that you're just like i'm just gonna laugh this out you know i i it's just too much of a stress for me i'm just gonna start laughing Wow. I, I don't know that I've ever <clears throat> just turned on the laughter, I think, but I might try to look for what's funny. But do you just start f physically laughing? Oh, yeah, I do. <clears throat> I just I, I'm just so blown away. What why there's so much frustration and why there's so much anger that I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to be a hyena here and I'm just going to laugh it off. Wow. and see if that actually challenges the situation or, or find a solution. Because sometimes when we get so angry, we just we lose it. Right. Right. And then we have regret or we have things that happen and we're just like, Whoa, where did this come from? How did we get here? So let's just laugh about it. You know, let's just laugh it off and start fresh. Yeah. So true. And I think we need more laughter. And I, and I love the wisdom that you're giving this morning, the little key points and the little tips and tools, you know, they're like little cookies that go with your tea, you know? So <laughs> You know, I, I, for the viewers and listeners out there, I really thank you for all your questions and that. Um, I really appreciate people tuning in and sharing and supporting Tea Time because without you, we, we don't make a difference. We all have to do this together. To, we serve tea together. I don't serve it alone. We serve it with everyone. So again, thank you for everyone who's sharing this morning's Tea Time. I appreciate that. So Laura, I want to get into some of the press releases and podcasts and stuff that you've been on. Could you share a few of that with us this morning? Well, uh, it does feel amazing. It's sort of like film festivals that <clears throat> there's all these podcasts around like yours um, that welcome people like me. And it's been delightful to try to share this vision because I am alone in my basement working I am alone. And so to get out <clears throat> and get online and and talk with people and, and share my enthusiasm has been a, a super, super joy. And so that is part of my work right now is to try to share um, and remind people about the things you're reminding people about. Play, the power of play, the power of, of fairy tales, the power of... Um, creating and not getting caught up in big budgets. Right. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we, we don't live our dreams and our goals because we're like, Oh, well, we don't have that fun. We, we can't travel there. 
I've traveled over 42 countries right from this rocking chair. Yes. So you can do it too. That's you can right. travel. Use your imagination. Like this morning, I'm in the United States. This afternoon, I'll be in the UK, you know, and just kind of open that mind and be different and show people different and be okay with being you. So you do have um, a backstage blog. So what is that about, Laura? Right. So I have a blog that's connected to my website and I just try via the blog, via Facebook, Twitter, you know, all the social media to put when I win a, an official selection or an award, or if I do a podcast um, or even just giving backstage uh, photos of what I'm working on just to document. And it's really fun because I can look back at that blog or my social media and really see and remember, I, I, I think I'm on my 16th or maybe 17th film now. So that's a lot of memories that I'm the blog kind of documents. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Well, we have a comment here. I, I believe it's a comment, not a question. Thank you for, first off, they're saying thank you, Laura, for sharing that you're not alone and that you do matter and that you are an everyday person as well. So thank you for sharing that. Now their comment is, how do you feel about social media and interaction? Oh, wonderful question. You know, I'm not great at social media. I've never been great at promoting myself. Twitter is where I've been most active. Just somehow tweeting has fit me. And, and one thing I love about Twitter is that they have these um, fair, like fairy tale Tuesday and people will just post on fairy tales <clears throat> through that hashtag all day on Tuesday. And so over the years, I've learned a lot about fairy tales. It's been a little graduate school and it's mythology Monday and um, folklore Sunday. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I use Twitter in a way where I'm learning but I'm grateful for social media because it is the way to connect. And so it's, I, I'm not great at it, but I appreciate it. Well, and I just learned something new about Fairy Tale Tuesday on Twitter. I did not know about that. So I'm going to be checking out Tuesdays. So is there like a group for that or is it just all, all day Twitter? Like, I, yeah, there's this a, is the first you, I'm hearing. If you type in Fairy Tale Tuesday, you will get to the person that runs it. And every yeah. week they give you the theme. And that's the other thing that's amazing about it is that, let's see, well, because of Valentine's Day, the theme was love and lovers. And your feed will be filled with tweets about that, about fairy tale lovers all day long. It's really fun. And they have all sorts of different themes. Uh, yeah. And you just check on the theme and then you tweet on it. Oh, well, I just learned something new. Well, thanks for sharing that. I'm going to yeah. check that out on Tuesdays because yeah. I'm not doing tea times on Tuesdays unless it's a, a rescheduled tea time. So I, thank you for that. Like I, I, I love learning from my guests. Like I love learning new things because if we knew everything, where would we be? Right. So, right. It'd be boring. 
right? It would be. It would be like, oh my goodness, like that's just like a really old tea that just sat for a really <laughs> long time. So we don't want to sit on tea. We want to sit on tea, but we don't want to sit in it. Um, so I want to get a little bit into the name because you have Psych Cinema. So how did you come up with that name? Psyche Cinema um, is is named kind of in honor of the inspiration I get from Carl Jung and the psychology people because Psyche, well, Psyche is a character in an old myth, but uh, Psyche also means soul. And it's, so my filmmaking is meant for the soul and it's meant for, sometimes it's meant for those who kind of study, study the sim, symbols that are in the soul because some of my films are, well, the old fairy tales were filled with symbols. And so my films are filled with symbols that you can decode for the soul. That's where the name comes from. Oh, I really like that. Like, I didn't realize that. I'm going to have to check out some of your little short films. So mm -hmm. like, is there coding like in the, in the film itself? So let me give you an example of a film. There's a film called The Linguist, which is based on an old Grimm tale, The Brothers Grimm. It's based on the old uh, Grimm tale called The Three Languages. And in this fairy tale, the hero learns the language of the birds, the language of the dogs, and the language of the frogs. Ooh. And as the hero learns these languages, they become useful in, I made it, I often make my heroes women. The, traditionally, they were usually men, but in my version, she, she, her knowledge of these languages helps her in many ways throughout the fairy tale. And so I might ask, we might ask ourselves, what does that symbolize to learn the language of these animals? You know, I think there is symbolism there about um, getting in touch with our instincts for one. So, un, you know, getting in touch with what moves us from inside that isn't intellectual. That's one way to read the symbol. So my films, you don't have to look for it. You can just enjoy the film, I'm hoping. But there are people that, you know, people that like tarot cards or they like, <laughs> they like poetry or they like that, you know, kind of to look for symbols and metaphors my films hopefully have those hidden in them. At least that's what I try to do. So in, in a newer film, I have a film called Percy Grows Up and it's about Percival and the Holy Grail. Oh. And there's a moment in the beginning of the film where Percy's with these other knights and they come up in front of a TV station and on the TV is a little picture of Joseph Campbell. <laughs> Now, if you don't know Joseph Campbell, you wouldn't know that. But for those of us who love Joseph Campbell and his work, it's sort of just a little treat that I hide in the film that people might go, oh, look at Joseph Campbell's in the film. So there are levels, I hope, different levels people can appreciate. So we have another question here for you, Laura. What equipment do you use to do the stop motion? Great, great, great question. You know, and I will just say before I answer that, that people are making amazing films with just their iPhones these days. 
And I, before that was happening, I bought myself a slightly used Canon, nice, nice camera, a DCLR camera. So it's a really lovely camera and, but it's complicated to use, <laughs> but I can use it to take single shots, which is how I make the stop motion. Oh, okay. um, so, yeah. So I use this lovely Canon camera. I have just some lights in my home that I've put over the stage. I have a metal stage. I put metal um, magnets on the bottom of the feet of my dolls so that they can move along the metal stage without falling. Um, and that's really it. I, I use a editing program called Premiere Pro. And um, there's a lot of free stuff online in terms of sound effects. Um, I purchase music to use in the films. Uh, but yeah, you don't, you don't need much. The biggest part of my expense is probably doll clothing. <laughs> the wardrobe, right? <laughs> right wardrobe. <laughs> they have better well, clothes it, it's than like, I have. It's the clothes. The clothes is always the most expensive, right? <laughs> they have better clothes than I have. That's for sure. <laughs> So I want to get into a little bit more, Laura. I, I also found that you have a program, I believe, uh, for the teachers. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. So when I started making these, so my background is in, the, in education and I taught theater. I taught public speaking at colleges for many years. I'm a teacher at heart. And so when I started making these films, I thought, wow, this would be so great for teachers. And I wrote some curriculum. And like one piece of the curriculum that excited me was, okay, we've got the original grim fairy tale of the three languages. And then we've got my film. So wouldn't a cool thing for, you know, a seventh grader, an eighth grader would be to compare and contrast, you know, the original to the new. And then to say to them, make your own now. You know, and I came up with so much material, but, and, and it's out there and I would love teachers to use it. I, um, I think marketing curriculum is a whole other job that I just didn't have in me. I just didn't have it in me to do what you need to do to make curriculum fit all the standards. And, you know, there's lots of standards now, but it's in my heart and I and I do have the heart of a teacher. So I did write that. I have a page on my website. And um, I think the films are free. They're available. People can use them. And because they're not perfect, I, I think they can inspire kids to make their own. And you can make your own with, with, a, camera, with a phone. So yeah, yeah. And, and how many kids have phones these days, you yeah. know, so we could be really making some incredible films in that, you know, uh, we have all this technology at the in, in our hands, we need to start using it to make a difference, you know, instead mm -hmm. of wasting time, mm -hmm. do something very valuable. And you mentioned that the curriculums are hard to get into the education systems uh, and to market. So for anybody who's watching out there, if you're a teacher and you would like to have this in your classroom, or you would like to try it, check out her website. Her website is laurelewisbarfilms.com. And 
make sure to check out all the incredible work that Laura is doing because Laura is doing incredible stuff. And I love that you say that this could be used to educate and to show that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay that it's not picture perfect, you know, because that's where the editors come in and that's where the editor people come in. You know, there's a, a job for everybody out there. You know, this is what I do. Now let's push it on to the next person and the next person, but also try and learn a little bit of these things as well, you know, uh, and ask questions and, you know, do like what Miss Liz does, just get the question out there and ask it. Um, you on the, the curriculum, you have like a creative response. So writing or filming my own version of the story. So is that like creating their own movie? Right. So there are different sections of the curriculum that I wrote. And that, that one section, how would you make the film? Um, what music would you choose? What story might you tell? Uh, diff the different films sort of brought out different questions for me. In The Clown... I was asking questions about, well, what's the face? This is from emotional intelligence stuff. What's the face that you show other people? What's the face that nobody sees that is your face, but you don't show to anybody else? This idea of, you know, sort of the mask we wear. So I think, yeah, there are fun explorations we can make based on these stories. That is... That's amazing. Some more wisdom and some more little cookies are just been given. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying this conversation with you, Laura, this morning. Um, we need those little tips, those little icing and sprinkles on the cookies, you know, and to be okay by being different. And I, I love that you put that mask, the, the example of the mask, because so many of us put this mask on and are scared to show our true selves to the world. Because of judgment, because of stigma, because of shame. And what I want to do with Tea Time and what I want to do with you this morning is I want to show people that we're just two real women here having a conversation and we're sharing and spilling tea. We're not sharing gossip, we're sharing education. We're teaching educational awareness through storytelling. And that's what we're doing this morning is we're telling a story. We're telling Laura's story. So for the viewers and listeners out there, if you'd like to know more about Laura, Laura, where can they find you? I think my my main website, my name, lauralewisbarfilms.com is kind of the best way. And there are different pages and there's the link to my YouTube page and link to my blog and link for the teachers. So yeah, that's a really good place. Well, thank you so much. Now, I want to get into, I, I asked my guests all this, what their favorite color is. And you gave me the color green. Why the color green? A green for me is life. And so, you know, the, the whole thing about growing, the whole thing about things that grow. Yeah. And I am a gardener in my life and then i did a film called the gardener green yeah all all reasons to choose green well we have to plant those seeds right if we don't plant yeah. seeds how do we grow how do right. we change anything right right, right. <laughs> you, you know and this is how we get to know people is by just asking simple questions like what's your favorite color what's one word that describes you and i i get a lot of people that struggle with that question is one word to describe myself and they're like 